Good morning, church family. Good morning. I want to wish a very happy Mother's Day to every mother in the audience. Thank you so much for choosing to worship with us today. We honor you, we appreciate you, and we love each and every one of you. This morning, I'm going to get the privilege of rolling out a couple of new ministries that we're going to be launching right here at WFR starting this weekend. And the first ministry that I want to mention to you is about family, and it's the subject of my sermon this morning, and it's also where I got the cool graphic for the sweet-looking t-shirt that I'm wearing. Let me just say this. I did, before I put this t-shirt on, think, man, today is Mother's Day. Like, can I wear a t-shirt to church on Mother's Day? Because the way my wife is looking, like, mega fine, I feel like it's Father's Day. And I asked her, babe, can I wear a t-shirt? She's like, honey, yes, you definitely can. And moms, that's why we love y'all so much. Because you have an innate capacity to make everything in the family okay. Can I get an amen from some of y'all out there this morning? We love you. We thank you. Thank you for making things okay in the family. Let me show you. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to scroll through a few photographs of our Forever Family Ministry Um, that I wanted to present to you today. The first one is a picture of a couple of kids playing Foursquare at Camp Chioka. This is what families do, man. They have fun together. They encourage each other. They play together. This next picture is of our Forever Family Ministry Director at Large, Miss Lindy Loveland. And she's speaking there to a group of families and kids also out at camp this same day. This was last weekend encouraging them, teaching them, building them up. This picture is an activity. This next picture is an outdoor activity that we did. This is David Bromley leading a bunch of kids and families through an activity that was teaching them and training them that our Lord Jesus bridged the gap between us and God through the cross. And then this last photo is is David praying over some of the kids and families who are in attendance. So this will be called our Forever Family Ministry, and it's going to be a monthly gathering of families and individuals from our church. WFR has some great things going on. We got Celebrate Recovery, we got Heartfelt Ministries, we've got uh, Reengage, Divorce Care, we've got Grief Share, so many different moving parts in such a great congregation. But if we're not careful, we can get really really immersed into our specific ministry, and it's easy then to feel disconnected from other people in our body. And so the function of the Forever Family Ministry is to get people from all different ministries, all different house groups, all different Bible classes, all together, all at the same time, to make better disciples of one another and to build a more closely connected community. So what's going to happen is each month we're going to have activities that we all do together as a family. On June 17th, you need to write this down, we're going to have a movie night here at the church. Not in this location, but at a location in the church. And you can come, bring popcorn, dress comfortably, watch a movie, and hang out with your brothers and sisters in Jesus Christ and build community together with those men and women. When we're talking about this forever family ministry, I don't want to lose its original intent. And I'm going to pull up a scripture here on the screen. This is Luke chapter 9. 
And this is really the heartbeat of what this ministry is designed to accomplish. And that's to make better disciples in the context of a loving forever family community. To make better disciples in a context of a loving forever family community. And when Jesus himself was talking about what a disciple looks like, he said this. Whoever wants to be my disciple, and if you're at this location in your Bible, you need to underline this next phrase, must deny themselves and take up their cross. Everybody say this next word with me. Daily. Let's say that again. Take up their cross daily. That's exactly right. And follow after me. True authentic discipleship is about daily, consistent, committed self-denial. And when I think about the great moms in my life, my mom who is here this morning all the way from Wichita, Kansas, and my bride who is a mother to my children, I think about women who have consistently denied themselves daily. And what is motherhood, ladies and gentlemen, if it is not consistent daily self-denial? Ladies, where you at? Can I get an amen on that? Some of you ladies are like, man, when I was a young mom, I didn't shower for two weeks to try to take care of my kids. When I was a young mom, I had to stop drinking coffee because I never had time to make any coffee to survive the early childhood years of my family. Or dealing with my husband and his new job, I had to clean, cook, do the laundry, and still work. And he always thought I never did. That's daily self-denial. Motherhood is all about daily self-denial. And here's what I think. Moms make up some of the best disciples of Jesus Christ in the forever family that we're a part of. So in the scriptures, if we're looking for ladies who have really practiced the discipline of daily self-denial, we find one who stands out prominently. Let me tell you this lady's name, Jochebed, right? Now, some of you hear the name Jochebed and you're like, man, is that even a, a character in the Bible? Yes, she is. Her name's found in Exodus chapter 6. In verse 20, and there she's identified as the mother of Moses. So I want you to flip with me in your Bible to Exodus chapter 2. And we're going to be talking this morning about Jochebed's discipleship as a mother. And I want you guys to glean two things from this discussion. The first thing is that great moms really are great disciples. And Jochebed demonstrated all the qualities of great disciples that moms need to demonstrate. And the second thing I want you to glean from what we're going to be talking about is forever families are families centered around being disciples. And so if we're going to be members of a forever family and we're truly going to be followers of the Lord Jesus Christ, then we have to learn what true discipleship looks like and we have to be willing to live that out daily in our lives. So the first scripture, so in Exodus, the story of Jochebed Uh, is told over 10 verses from Exodus chapter 2, verse 1 to Exodus chapter 2 and verse 10. I'm highlighting three of those for the sake of time. And each of the verses I'm going to highlight for you this morning, I believe clearly indicates a component of discipleship that is essential for you and I as members of a forever family to live out. In particular, it's essential for moms. But it's essential for every disciple in any forever family across the globe to demonstrate these kinds of qualities in their lives. So in Exodus chapter 2, I'm going to start reading in verse 2. And this is the story. 
Jochebed becomes pregnant and she gives birth to a son whose name is Moses. And when she saw that he was a fine child, she hid him for three months. Now, Jochebed does here in Exodus chapter 2 and verse 2 what every mom does when she sees her child for the first time. She looks at that child and she says, this is a fine child. And ladies, I want to tell you something. Not all of your babies are so fine, okay? (laughs) To you, they be looking fine, but sometimes they ain't that fine, right? One of the great qualities about moms is they always see the beauty in each person. Moms always see the beauty in each person. Now, we don't know what Jochebed looked like. I know what some of y'all's babies look like. And you moms consistently can see the beauty in each person. And that's truly a mark of a, of a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ. And most moms know what challenges a baby's going to bring. And they still look on that challenge and that season and that struggle with eyes that say, this is a fine situation. And that's a true mark of a, of a disciple. And that's a true mark of a mother to look on the task of bringing up a child and say, this is a fine and beautiful thing. Some history that I haven't yet given you is that times weren't that great during Moses' birth. There was, a, there was a pharaoh, a king in Egypt who had risen up and noticed that the Israelite people, who were the slaves of the kingdom of Egypt, outnumbered the Egyptians. And this king was so intimidated at the number of the Israelites under his care or authority that he decided he was going to have to do something to make sure these people stayed subjected to his control. And so he was very harsh with them and how he treated them as slaves. And eventually he decides that he is going to kill all boys born to Israelite mothers. What Jochebed decides to do, because she's had a baby boy, is to hide her son from the, from the king and the people of Egypt so that she can protect him. And the first word I want you to write down is the, is the word safety. Mothers and true disciples provide safety for the members of their forever family. Mothers and true disciples provide safety for the members of their forever family. The culture in Moses' day was evil. And moms have to protect their children from evil cultures in Moses' day. During the time of our Lord Jesus Christ who when when he was born, a similar edict went out that all boys born before a certain date would be put to death. And so Mary and Joseph have to protect Jesus from the evil that is in that culture. And moms, today you still have to stand between your family and the evil culture that surrounds them and would otherwise overwhelm them to provide safety and protection for your family. And true disciples of Jesus Christ serve in that same capacity. The culture outside of the church is a twisted, sin-sick culture. And we have to serve in a capacity that protects those who can't protect themselves from that evil, sin-sick culture. And that's the function that Jochebed serves at this point in the story for her son Moses. A question I asked myself as I was studying this text is, is where was Moses' father? 
In Exodus chapter 2, verses 1 through 10, conspicuously absent from the early story of Moses is any mention of his dad. Now, I don't extrapolate from that that Moses' dad was an evil guy. But I do extrapolate something from that, that his dad was so preoccupied that he didn't have a, a really significant role in the life and the, and the early upbringing of Moses. So I want to I make sure that I emphasize with clarity how important it is for moms to be willing to stand up for the entire family during seasons when it is necessary. And if you're really going to live in a forever family and you're really going to try to promote safety within that family against an evil culture, then there are going to be times where you feel like you're standing alone. And there's no doubt in my mind that Jochebed uses her God-given maternal instinct and her awareness of God's plan for life itself to empower her ability to stand up even if she's the only one standing. And some of you moms know this story all too well. You're raising children on your own. Or you're in marriages where there's a struggle and it feels like your spouse is uninvolved. And I just want to encourage you moms who are in that situation to remain standing. Stand bold and stand firm and protect the precious safety of the family that God has given you charge over. He will empower you and strengthen your capacity to continue to do the next right thing and the next right thing and the next right thing in the name of Jesus. Jochebed was willing to do that. She was willing to take a stand, even if it meant that there were seasons she had to stand alone. And in your life as a mom and in your life as a disciple of Christ, as a member of this forever family, there are times where you're going to have to do that as well. I want to move forward in the story to the very next verse. This is Exodus chapter 2 and verse 3. The first thing great moms and disciples do is they provide safety for members of their forever family. The second thing great moms and and, and authentic disciples do is they are willing to sacrifice their desires for the needs of others. True disciples are willing to sacrifice their desires for the needs of others. Let's pick up the story here in Exodus chapter 2 and verse 3. The Bible says this, when she, this is Moses' mom, this is Jochebed, when she could hide Moses no longer, she got a papyrus basket for him. And coated it with tar and pitch, and she sends him down the Nile River. Now think about a couple of things here in this moment, right? How many of you have ever raised an infant from birth to three months of age? Raise your hand. Let me see your hands. Keep your hands up if you would appreciate me assigning you the task of keeping that infant quiet and hidden from all society for three months. Right? Some of you moms are like, Trent, I lived through that when my husband was asleep in the other room and my baby got up crying in the night and I had to like sneak out of bed, not waking my husband and go into my child's room and pick the child up and coddle the child or nurse the child and then put the child down all while not waking my husband. It was all I could do to keep my sanity for just a couple of months dealing with that pressure. And in Jochebed's day, she had to deal with the pressure of protecting this child and keeping him hidden for three months from the world itself. Not an easy task by any means. What else you glean from this part of the story is that this was a mother who sacrificially loved her son. 
She couldn't go out and do some of the things that she would have otherwise liked to have done. She couldn't live a life as easy as she would have had she obeyed the edict of Pharaoh. She took extra countermeasures to hide her son, and she raises him for three months in her own private dwelling place, protecting him and caring for him. And then she has to do something that no mother ever wants to do. She has to sacrifice her desire to parent her own child for the need of her child to find a safer place to live. And so she gives him up. She takes her precious three-month-old son and sacrifices her desire to parent that child for the need the child has to be raised in a place where he can be safe. And I know I don't really understand the nature of this sacrifice because I'm not a, a mom, but I am a father to a daughter. And my little girl is six years old, and even at six years old, church, she already has this deep drive and desire to parent little children. How many of you have ever heard of an American girl doll? Raise your hand. If your hand's not up, you either don't have a granddaughter or a daughter anywhere in your immediate family, okay? American girl dolls have just about ruined my financial future, okay? (laughs) And they're everywhere, all cluttered throughout my home, right? Little things and different articles of clothing and, and items to play in a dollhouse, and so we, we, we got an eight-year-old, a six-year-old, and a four-year-old in my home. We are right in the middle of that chaotic family-rearing season, all right? And there is stuff. I, I wish I could describe to you how it, stuff is in every nook and cranny all over my whole home, all right? Every place there could be a toy that the kids could put it somewhere, there really usually is. And one day I find one of these American Girl dolls laying out in the living room, And I'm like, Kyra, that's my daughter's name. I'm like, Kyra, get in this living room right now, young lady. And so she's she's tender in moments like these. And so she kind of comes walking in like this, and she looks up at me. This is exactly how she does it, too. You have to zoom the camera in on my face so the guys online can really see this. She looks up just like this and kind of bats her eye, and, and she's like, yes, sir. And then I'm like, oh. I can't even remember what I was going to say. And then, and, then I, and then I notice all the clutter and see the American girl. I'm like, that was it. And I'm like, young lady, if I find one of these dolls out in this living room again, I'm going to pick it up and I'm going to throw it in the, gra- in the trash. And it, it was like, you, your reaction was exactly like her reaction. Did you guys feel the atmosphere in here shift when I said that? It's like, oh, Trent, how could you say that to her? That's exactly what happened in that moment. It was, and I didn't realize, I'm learning as a dad about women, the mystery of women, and it's a beautiful thing. I'm not meaning that. You guys are hearing that, not like I'm intending that to sound. It's a serious thing for me. And it, it, it really, um, profoundly, uh, hurt her heart when I said that. Because she's developing an attachment with these little dolls that, for me, just doesn't really compute. And so you'd have, to, you'd have to understand the nature of that connection to fully realize the level of sacrifice demonstrated by Jochebed in this moment. This isn't her American Girl doll toy. 
This is the boy she's prayed for and waited for and longed for that now she's raised and nursed and cared for for three months. And she has to sacrifice her own desire to raise and nurture and care for that child that for women is very God-given and it's very profound. She has to sacrifice all of that for the well-being of her child. Great moms and authentic disciples can do this kind of sacrifice. Our Lord Jesus, I used Luke 9.23 to describe what true discipleship looks like. If you'd read the next verse, Luke 9.24, Jesus tells you a little bit more about what that is. And he says this, it's not on screen, but, but the verse is, whoever wants to save their life will lose it. But whoever loses their life for me, that person will save it. Church, can I just tell you there are times in life where we're confronted with this kind of a moment. Where something I desire almost as much as life itself is something that God is calling me to sacrifice. And it's in those kinds of moments where we have the opportunity to either grow Or to fall asleep in our walk. And to see a mom who has this kind of capacity to sacrifice should challenge all of us in those kinds of moments to be willing to take whatever it is in our life that God's calling us to surrender and put it in a basket with pitch and send it down the river and say, God, this is completely and totally up to you. I'm willing to surrender this thing that means more to me than any other thing in life because I know that your majesty and your power and your sovereignty are greater than mine. And I'm going to lose the things I love the most to gain what I could never receive outside of sacrifice. That's what God's calling us to as a church. And that's what God's calling us to, maybe more importantly, as a forever family. Families are messy. The text on on the screen that makes up that image of forever family was deliberately chosen for its messiness. It's not pretty. Sacrifice is never fun. It's never easy. And it's very hard in those moments to be joyful. We have no record in this text of Jochebed making the basket of pitch, putting her baby in the basket and sending him down river and singing, Oh, hallelujah, sweet Jesus, praise the Lord. But she's still willing to sacrifice. That's what God's calling you today to do. For this forever family, be willing to push yourself to the limit. Be willing to get uncomfortable. Be willing to sacrifice your desires. And and let me just say this because I want to be real clear. I'm not saying sacrifice your needs. There's a level of sacrifice that God's not calling parents to. And one illustration I give on this a lot when I'm working with families is if you're sitting on an airplane... And right next to you is your precious toddler who God gave you that you've prayed for for so long. And it's the most beautiful baby in the world, at least to you. And, 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 the, and the plane's oxygen level and pressure starts to plummet. And the oxygen masks come down. Whose oxygen mask do you always put on first? You've got to put your own oxygen mask first. You've got to put your own oxygen mask on first. You've got to take care of your needs so you can take care of the needs of others. But you've got to be willing to sacrifice your desires to meet the needs of others. And that's what great moms have the ability to do.
Let's move forward in the text. I want to go to the 10th verse. This is Exodus chapter 2 and verse 10. I don't have the whole verse on the screen because I want you to be able to see it. In Exodus chapter 2 and verse 10. So, so let me give you the, the, the kind of inner part of the story in an abbreviated way that I didn't read. Jochebed sends baby Moses downriver. He's found by the household of Pharaoh. Moses is raised in the household of Pharaoh. And a member of Pharaoh's house knows that Jochebed is able to be a wet nurse. And so the member of Pharaoh's household that knows that sends a person to Jochebed who then gets to go to Pharaoh's home and raise her own son and care for him under the leadership of Pharaoh. That's the way God works. When we sacrifice to him, he always makes blessing come from it. Can I get an amen there? When you sacrifice to him, God always leads that sacrifice to a season of blessing every time. So because of Jochebed's sacrifice, she's actually able to raise her son under the leadership of Pharaoh out in the open for a number of years. And in verse 10, the child grows older and now no longer needs the care of a wet nurse. And so what does Jochebed do? She takes him to Pharaoh's daughter and he became the son of Pharaoh's daughter. This is something that Jochebed has done before. She's walked this road before. She's given up her son once before. And now she's confronted with having to do that again. And now we move from a place of sacrifice to a place of surrender. You remember what Jesus said true disciples look like? It looks like men and women who are willing to deny themselves and take up their cross. How often? Daily. Say that with me again. Daily. This is a woman who lived a lifestyle of surrender. She was willing to give her son up again and again and again and again. If that's what God called her to, and if that was the mission, and if that was the plan, she was saying, God, take whatever it is you need from me. I am your humble servant. I'm willing to surrender. There's nothing I would keep from you. Even if you call me to surrender again and again and again and again, Lord, I'm willing to go if you're willing to lead me there. Because she has the ability to surrender, her son lives and changes the lives of hundreds of thousands of people. And if we would trace the lineage of our Lord Jesus Christ, we would see that through Jochebed's sacrifice, she literally changed the whole world. True discipleship involves daily surrender. So does motherhood and so do forever families. Can you give up what you desire most, church, to gain what you're designed to receive? And if called to give that thing up again and again and again and again, could you do it? And as we become mature in Christ, the answer to that becomes more certainly yes over time. And we need other men and women living in this forever family who have walked some of those roads to encourage us as we travel down them ourselves. But there's another theme throughout this text, and I don't know if you caught it. This is also one of the most powerful examples of how adoption can change lives and even history itself. Moses wasn't raised with his family of origin. He was raised with his adopted family, the family of Pharaoh. 
And the other ministry that we're going to roll out that I want to tell you about, and I'm going to play a video for you here in just a moment, is a, video, is a ministry designed to provide support and resources to foster and adoptive families because we believe at this church that foster care and adoption can change lives. You guys roll that video for me. We got a phone call um, about a two and a half week old boy who was about six pounds and he needed to be uh, sent home from the hospital the next day. So we uh, had about 10 minutes to make a decision whether or not we were going to take him into our home. We didn't know a lot about it. We knew that he was um, maybe going to go live with family, but we decided that we wanted to bring him into our home. So that night we went to the hospital and we brought him home the next day. Foster care for us wasn't a second-rate option. It wasn't a plan B in case we couldn't get pregnant. Um, we knew there was children in need, and we desired to grow our family to have children, and so it just seemed like a simple and logical conclusion to open our home. We got attached to, to our, our son right from the beginning, and, and that was our goal. Um, we don't have a special ability to be foster parents. We, just, we saw the need, and, and kids in foster care need parents that are willing to get attached to them. In our county alone, there's about 1,200 children in foster care, and there's only about 240 homes. So there's a great need for that, and who better but the church to meet that need? One of the hardest parts about doing it was just from week to week, there was times when we would just brace ourselves to, to say goodbye to our child, and that was so, so hard. You know, it was not only us that signed up for foster care, it was our family and our friends that had to sign up for it, too, because we'd go home for Christmas and I'd watch my mom as she kissed him goodbye and she would she would just cry because she didn't know if she was going to see him again the next time we were home. And, um, so it's hard. It's hard on the heart for everybody involved. But um, I don't think Jesus calls us to live a safe life. He, he calls us to lay down our lives for another. And, and that's why we did foster care. We did it because we want to lay down our lives as Christ has laid down his life for us. Our hope and our prayer is that other Christians would, would hear our story and see this and do the same and open their home to foster children. show you guys this flyer. This is the Project 2.5 Plus graphic. And this is a ministry that is near and dear to the hearts of a couple in our church who have fostered and then ended up adopting five beautiful, precious little girls. Courtney, Stephanie, Kira, Lacey, and Avery. I want this couple to stand up. Anthony and Ann Bartley, would you guys take a stand? You guys give these guys a hand. That's a family that I've walked with personally for five years, probably. And I would tell you guys that the, the things that I've been talking about today, providing safety for, for individuals who can't 
be safe without that. Um, sacrificing their desires for the needs of another and daily consistent surrender. You guys have lived it out and foster families and adoptive families are daily living that out. We've got a number of those kinds of families in the church. And our Forever Family Ministry and our Project 2.5 Plus Ministry is geared towards making sure that as we are providing safety and sacrificing and surrendering daily for the benefit of our Forever Family and for children who can't um, protect themselves, that you feel supported. That you feel part of a loving community who's going to embrace you and help you and encourage you. Project 2.5 Plus is going to provide respite care, kind of like child care um, for foster and adoptive families. They're going to have a closet with clothes and other kinds of items that foster and adoptive families have access to. And Anthony and Ann, I can't, you guys, I really can't think of anything uh, in the foster adoptive system that you guys haven't personally walked through. You know, if I can imagine a hoop, you guys have had to jump through it. And I, and I know most of the hoops. So they're also going to be walking with families as they jump through those hoops. Here's the two things, three things I want you to take away from today. First, if you are sitting in this place today, you've had somebody who has provided safety, sacrifice, and surrender for you over the course of your life. I want you to thank God for that person and thank that person. The second thing I want you to do is get involved in this forever family ministry. There are families all over this church who need a better connection to you. They're walking through something you've walked through. They need resources that only you have to offer. I want you to come to some of these events. Get excited. Get involved. Be encouraged and be an encouragement. And I want to challenge you to get involved in the foster care and adoption system in our state. Let me give you a statistic. There's 1,000 kids that need to be adopted and there are 7,000 churches in the state of Louisiana. That's one adoption per every seven churches we'd eradicate Children living by themselves without a forever family to nurture and care for them. As Anthony and Ann were praying about this ministry, they were doing some research and they found that the the average fertility rate for a family is 2.5 children. That's the average fertility rate. So they start researching scripture and they come across this verse. And I'm going to conclude and let you guys get out of here and try to beat some of the Mother's Day crowd to a super nice restaurant for for, for a fun afternoon. In Exodus chapter 2 and verse 5, the Bible says this, Then Pharaoh's daughter went down to the Nile to bathe, and her attendants were walking along the riverbank. She saw the basket among the reeds and sent her female slave to get it. That's one of the first adoptions in recorded history right there in Exodus chapter 2 and verse 5. And two things have to happen. Number one, a family has got to be willing to sacrifice their desire to raise a child for the benefit of that child. And another family has to sacrifice their comfort and their safety and their security and take that child and raise that child as their own. We see both of those things happen in that moment. That's the vision and mission of Project 2.5+. Plus, and that's what each of those ministries is designed to do. We want to surround, encourage, nurture, and protect this family and those individuals who currently don't have a family like this to be a part of. If there's a need in your life, I invite you to come forward. I'm going to close with a prayer and we're going to sing and give you a chance to respond. There is nothing better you could do on Mother's Day than be willing to to lay down yourself to get closer to the Lord Jesus Christ. 
After I pray, while we sing, we're going to give you an opportunity to do that this morning by responding. Let's pray. Lord, we love you. We thank you so much for the opportunity to gather here together and worship you and thank you for the moms that you've put in our lives. Thanks for those moms who are standing up sometimes by themselves to protect their family from an evil culture. Thanks for those moms who are sacrificing daily their desires for the needs of the family that they're raising. And thank you, God, for those moms who are willing to daily surrender. Importantly, Lord, you're not, you're not saying those are things that only apply to mothers. Those apply to every father, every son, every daughter, every grandparent. Every aunt and uncle, every individual all across this auditorium this morning. And I ask if any are struggling with that, that they come forward and lay those things down at your feet today. We love you and we thank you. It is in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Please stand with me.